In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about a sexy Viking, a boring boyfriend, and bad orgies in our discussion of Living Dead in Dallas by Charlene Harris. everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire, and today we're going to discuss Living Dead in Dallas by Charlene Harris. Standard disclaimer, if you haven't read this book or watched season two of True Blood, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened or watched and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book or watch season two of True Blood, then come back. If you haven't done this, we'll want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. I think this I is... thought you were going to pass out at the end. Yeah, I almost <laughs> did. This is the last time that I can, that I can talk about True Blood, because mm-hmm. after this one... Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the stuff, some of the stuff that happened in this one didn't happen in this season, but you know, it was really close. Very close. Anyway, <laughs> hooray for Anything. Vampire Book Club! Everyone Yay! gets to watch this one, by the way, so we need to contain ourselves. And you can t- get Vampire Book Club T-shirt. Yes, yes, you can. This, this is first edition. But you can't tell because of it being printed on grey. Yeah. You can't really tell but you too can either. get a Vampire Book Club t-shirt. You can, and you should. You should. And other things. It comes on other things. It comes on almost everything. Yes. <laughs> Anywho, plugging aside, yes. do you have any background information for this other than... Season two of True Blood closely resembles this book. Um, well, I don't have this book specific background info, but I did find something that made me laugh today from a Charlene Harris interview. It's from fantasymagazine.com. And she says in this interview, for some reason, and I can't quite understand why, Readers are secretly fascinated with the physical output of vampires. They're always trying to think of a nice way of saying, do your vampires poop? Or, do your vampires ejaculate? And I'm just going, you know, vampire bathroom habits are just not interesting to me. I'm going to say no, they don't poop. I don't think that they do either. Because the blood is fully used, so there's no byproduct. Right. That's my reasoning. Yeah, it's just absorbed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they poop. And if they can cry blood... Which they do. Which they do. Then their ejaculate would be blood as well. Mmm, great. That is awesome. sexy. That's the sexiest thing I've ever heard of. Well, that this is Suki doesn't realise that she's taking in more vampire blood... Than she realizes. That's my theory. That's why she's so powerful with vampire blood because it's all filled up in her coop. Yes. Yes. That's great. That's really, really great. I do not really want to put vampire blood in my c- in coos at the top of you know the this week in fictional hangover we talk about. So we've got to come up with something more interesting to talk about. 
I really want to at the same time. I'm conflicted. Let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens. We might not have any conversation about vampire bodily fluids. It might just happen right now and then we never talk about it again. Yes. Except if book club. <laughs> and you know how we latch onto things. Dang it. This is, this is what we... I can, I can feel the fangs Ooh. sinking in. <laughs> Sinking into your coo. Okay. <laughs> Stop it. Um, do you have initial thoughts? Other than... Suck it is mad. <laughs> okay, good. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Worthy. It's very good. Yeah, I don't I don't really have anything to add to that. I think that's perfect. It's a perfect it's a perfect start. Alright. Suki Stackhouse, telepathic barmaid at Merlot's Bar in Bon Ton, Louisiana, is currently trying hard not to read the mind of Detective Andy Belfler as he's getting soused. Suki thinks it's odd for Andy to be getting so drunk. He normally doesn't drink so much, so her curiosity gets the better of her and she reads his mind. She learns that Andy arrested a man earlier in the day for violating his young neighbor and isn't coping too well with it. Suki calls Andy's sister, Portia, to come pick him up. They leave the bar with plans to return the next day at lunch to get Andy's car, but it'll be okay in the parking lot overnight. No, it won't. No, it won't! Dang it! Vampire Bill comes to see Suki at the bar around the same time. He's been away in Shreveport working his new vampire job, the investigator of Region 5, and needs Suki to come with him the next night for help. Suki has to change her shift around but agrees to go even though it means she's working late that night and early the next day. Everyone in town is a little more used to Vampire Bill now, thank goodness, and even Jason, Suki's brother, is nice to him. Wow, that's a shock. That's a shock from last book, where Jason was an absolute dickbag to everyone all the time, constantly. I mean, to be fair, Jason can revert to stereotype. That 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 is going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, we'll take we'll take nice Jason for now. Yes. Suki and Bill leave Merlot's get up to some sexy time, of course, in a hot tub. Mm, hot tub shenanigans at mm. Bill's house. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. And she turns in for the night. Bill is dead for the day as she leaves for work in the morning. When she arrives at Merlot's, Suki sees Andy's car is still in the parking lot, but notices that his back door is slightly ajar. She goes over to push it closed, but it won't shut. Suki opens the door to see what's keeping it from closing and is devastated to find the body of the Merlot's cook Lafayette, naked in the back seat, his beautifully pedicured feet blocking the door. Not that beautiful anymore if you've slammed the door on. (gasps) But he doesn't realize because he's dead. (laughs) Poor Lafayette. (laughs) We hardly knew you in the books. I know, but in the TV show he was great. Nelson, oh, it's fantastic. Nelson Ellis. Very good. May he rest in peace. Suki runs to get Sam, who calls the police, and shortly thereafter, Sheriff Bud Dearborn and another officer arrive. That other officer 
He doesn't agree at all with Lafayette's lifestyle choices, so we immediately dislike him, and we don't care about him. This is why his name is not even mentioned in the summary, because we don't like him. They question Sookie about what Lafayette has been up to lately, and she tells them of an orgy he said he went to just the other night. That is rare in Bon Ton. Is it, though? Is it? It depends on if you're reading the books or watching the TV show. Everybody's just gang it on in Bon Temps, honestly. It's they something are in the water or the air. Constant well, a... blood coup. Constant blood boinking. <laughs> Work is a little odd, but once the police are gone from the parking lot, things pick up. <laughs> Terry Balfour has come in to take Lafayette's place, and things go smoothly, considering there was just a corpse outside. <laughs> Danielle and... Danielle and Holly, two of the early shift waitresses at Merlot's, are there, and the day passes without much incident. Later that night, Sucky and Bill head to Fantasia, but they get in a weird argument on the way about Bill buying property and several businesses, and Suki being able to patronise those businesses for free. Then Bill's car dies. Suki, extremely upset at being gifted free meals and manicures, <laughs> And everything else gets out of the car and starts walking while Bill finds a mechanic. How ungrateful are you, Suki? <laughs> How dare you buy all these things for me and let me shop for free? <laughs> I am get your hair for free. You. Get a mani pedi. Go to the boutique. Friggin' hell, Suki, you ungrateful little wench. <sighs> okay. Sorry, so, angry, just angry. Yes. Okay, so Suki storming off through the woods and Bill mm-hmm. going on foot to find a mechanic is terrible. <laughs> Everything is terrible Dying right fool. now. And it's even worse, you know, because Lafayette's murderer is on the loose. But look, Suki is so mad for whatever reason. So, so she's gone. <laughs> And almost immediately, she hears someone following her. It's a disheveled woman with a giant razorback with her. She says that she is a maynad and that she has a message for Eric Northman. That message is a violent attack on Suki. Bill finds Suki on the side of the road, her back torn to shreds, and takes her to Fantasia. I mean, she could have just written a note. No. Shred back. Like a sarcastic Hallmark card. Nope. Shred it back open. <sighs> Sorry. So old-fashioned. Yeah. When they arrive, Eric and Pam call in a doctor. But she's no ordinary doctor. She's a dwarf, and she licks the wounds on Suki's back to heal them. Is that unusual? Does your doctor not do that? My doctor does not lick my back. Mm, it must just be an innie. Unfortunately, the wounds are not only ghastly, but they are also poisonous, and so the vampires must take turns sipping away Suki's blood to drain her of the poison. Just imagine Mm. Eventually, she is well, but Bill is not too happy that everybody got to taste Suki because we all know Suki Suki is mad! But he gets to brush her hair afterwards. <laughs> what? What? 
so all is good. <laughs> Everyone is concerned that a maenad has come to town because they thrive on alcoholic carnage and demand tribute. Or else. Since Eric owns a bar, well, the maenad is obviously going to be interested, so everyone is on high alert. After Suki is healed and her hair is brushed, (laughs) they get down down to the business that brought them to Fantasia in the first place. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. Okay, important business time. A vampire in Dallas has gone missing, and they need Sookie to use her telepathy to find out where he has gone. She and Bill will leave soon, but before they go, Sookie wants to warn Sam of the main ad. She goes to Marlott's, and after asking for the vacation days needed to take her trip to Dallas, she tells him. And he laughs. And then they kiss? Huh? It's a bizarre sort of day, but most days are bizarre for Suki anymore. Sam appreciates that Suki cares enough about him to warn him and also understands that she's in love with Bill. Well, she's not in love, but she does love Bill and respect him. So she and Sam can't behave that way. Plus, he's her boss. Yeah. Probably shouldn't make out with your boss. Probably not. Anywho, soon enough, Suki and Bill are on their way to Dallas. It's her first flight, and Bill is shipped in a coffin. (laughs) When they arrive, shortly before sunset, Suki is standing around waiting for Bill's coffin to be unloaded, and a weird priest comes up to her. I would argue all priests are weird, but that's just me. This one's even weirder, though. Oh, he's... Yes. Uh Uh-huh. No, I prefer... Anywho, Suki gets eerie vibes from him, more than and starts to pepper spray him. (laughs) But then Bill wakes up and is there in an instant and the priest runs away. Suki didn't read his mind, but did get the feeling he was trying to kidnap her. Why didn't she read his mind? Good thing the sun went down and Bill woke up. Suki and Bill go to their hotel, it's a vampire hotel, and get checked in. The bellhop who shows them to their room is a young guy, Barry, who Suki realises is another telepath. (gasps) She doesn't get a chance to talk to him, though, because they need to get to work. Mm. Bill and Suki are taken to meet the Dallas vampires by a lady vampire named Isabel. The Dallas vampires live in a mansion in a nest, meaning that there are a lot of vampires in one home and a few humans, too. Suki meets Stan, the leader of this nest, and is put to work almost immediately. She's supposed to read the mind of a girl, Bethany, who works at a vampire bar and was one of the last ones to see the missing vampire, Farrell, before he disappeared. Suki has been training her telepathy and now has the ability to hypnotize people and can sometimes read brief snippets of vampire minds, but nobody knows about that, not even Bill. Do not, no, mm -mm, don't, don't say anything about that. Suki puts the girl into a meditative trance and finds out what she knows about the missing vampire. He was last seen with another vampire, one who looks young and has tattoos, and the bouncer at the club, a fangbanger named Rebar. (laughs) While looking through Bethany's mind, Suki also saw a human that she recognized, the creepy priest that tried to kidnap her. 
obviously the creepy priest is partially responsible for the kidnapping, and so is the unknown tattooed vampire. Question. What? Do you think Rebar is on his birth certificate? Yes, that's his Christian name. Rebar Smith. <laughs> I was going to say Rebar Jones. Johnson was my second option, so mm. close enough. Very good. Next, they bring in Rebar for Suki to talk to, but his mind is completely ruined, almost like he was lobotomized. Suki talks to a few more people, including a vampire, who also doesn't recognise the tattooed vampire. But the description she provides inspires Bill to borrow a computer and do his own research. He discovers that the vampire is called Godric and is a renouncer, someone who has given up the vampiric ways and has plans to commit suicide with the help of the Fellowship of the Sun, a cult that is like the vampire version of the KKK. He plans to take Farrell with him. Mm. The fake priest who was at the bar and the airport is probably a part of this group, but how did he know that Suki would be at the airport? Ooh. Ooh, a mystery. Suki gets the idea that maybe there's a bug hidden somewhere, and she discovers one underneath the table. They loudly announce that Bill and Suki are going back to Louisiana, and that they all believe Farrell to be dead. Mm, yes. Then they stage a fake water spilling and destroy the bug. They make actual plans for Suki and Hugo, a human who helped with the bug destroying, who is in a relationship with Isabel, to pretend to be a couple and go to the Fellowship of the Sun to investigate. Also during this time, (laughs) Eric shows up, pretending to be a vampire from California called Leaf. (laughs) (laughs) Suki and Bill go back to the hotel. They're about to have sex, but are briefly interrupted by Eric Leaf, who needs to talk to Bill the next evening. (laughs) I love Eric. Eric's the best. The next day, as Suki is getting ready to go to the fellowship, she sees a news report that Bethany, the girl she interrogated, was found murdered in a dumpster. Mm. Surely the vampires wouldn't have done that, but who would... She requests some drab clothes from the front desk, dons a wig, and waits for Hugo to come pick her up. As they drive to the Fellowship, they work on a cover story and chat about their relationships with the vampires. They will pretend to be a new couple who met at a church. Hugo says he's not a good actor, so he doesn't want to have to come up with much, so they pretty much stick with his actual story. He's a lawyer that represented Stan the Vampire in court, but now he's seen the error of his ways, quote, quote. Sarah Newland, wife of the director of the Fellowship of the Sun, Steve Newland, gives Marigold, a.k.a. Sookie, and Hugo a tour of the complex and tells them about a lock-in they're going to have that night. I love love Sarah Newland, and I just really want to be her voice for the entire rest of the episode. Go for it. (laughs) No, No, because it's too close to my actual one that I try not to have. Oh, dang (laughs) So they're going to have a (laughs) lock-in. And she also tells them about the special sunrise ceremony they're having the next day. This is spectacular. (laughs) This must be when Godric and Farrell are going to meet the sun. As the tour goes on, they pass by someone who Suki detects is a shapeshifter, but then they're joined by Steve and are taken to a doorway that leads downstairs into a bunker. 
Marigold pretends to be claustrophobic and wants to get the hell out of there as she's getting some really weird vibes from everyone. But as she tries to leave, she's pulled down the stairs and forced into a cell. They knew who she was the whole time. But how? Hugo! Oh! Hugo is how. Mm. He's a traitor! Great! (laughs) After his win in court with Stan he became enthralled with the vampires, particularly Isabel. He began to lose clients because he just couldn't get away from his vampire girlfriend. He got angry with her one day and had been previously contacted by the Fellowship, so now he's in cahoots with them and surely they're going to come and let him out of this cell. (laughs) Oh, wait, they're not because he's still a traitor to the human race. So instead, they're going to give him to Farrell, who's also locked up, and who was gay, and who hasn't eaten for a long time. They're definitely not going to let Suki go either as well. (laughs) She's going to be chained up with the vampires as they burst into flames in the morning. Great! Wholesome. Before that can happen, though, a douchey guard comes in and tries to assault her. She calls for help, and who should come to her rescue but Godric? (gasps) I know! Godric was strolling around free because he's at the fellowship willingly and ready to die in the morning. At the special sunrise service! Oh, yay! He saves Suki from her attacker and kills him, which makes him feel even more badly about being a vampire. He tells Suki that he's meeting the sun because he's led a terrible life of killing and pillaging for 1,000 years and he's done with it. She manages to convince him that she's not a bad person, even though she's friendly with vampires. So he helps her escape. Do you feel dirty? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, everyone. I can't help it. These books bring it out more than anything we've ever read. I'm loving it. And there's another 11 to go. On their way out of the Fellowship, they encounter Sarah and Steve Newland. Godric pushes Suki into an office and distracts the Newlands before they see her by telling them that maybe he's changed his mind. Suki has no idea how long she's going to be trapped, so she gathers all her mental strength and connects telepathically with Barry the bellboy. She tells him who she is and asks him to tell her vampire where she is as soon as he wakes up for the evening. Luckily, she's able to get out of the office after some time and sneaks through the building and into the sanctuary. She hides under a pew when she sees a family come in for the lock-in and after a few minutes, she gets out and tries to leave. They spot her before she's out of the door though and make a big fuss about her injuries from being yanked down the stairs. As they're trying to get her first aid, a woman comes in pretending that she and Suki have been friends for the longest time and helps her escape. Finally! (sighs) This woman is named Luna, and she is the shapeshifter Suki detected earlier. She recognized Suki as something other than human and knew she had to help her. She and some other supernaturals, or soups as she calls them, are keeping an eye on the Fellowship because they know if they find out that other soups exist, they'll make their lives terrible. And unlike vampires, they don't want to mainstream with the humans. Suki asks why they didn't call the vampires when Godric and Feral showed up, but Luna didn't know about Feral, and Godric came to die all on his own, so why should she stop him? 
So he tells Luna she's going to tell the vampires that Farrell is there and they're going to come for him. So the soups better stay away from the fellowship for a while. As Suki and Luna are trying to leave without anyone noticing them, huge floodlights come on. Steve and Sarah must have realised Suki escaped. She and Luna get into Luna's car and drive away, but they're followed and eventually rear-ended by Sarah. The resulting crash is awful and Suki comes out hanging upside down by her seatbelt. Sarah is there, fake trying to help Suki, but she tells anyone who will listen that she doesn't want anything to do with this woman. Soon enough, paramedics and police arrive and Suki and Luna are taken to the hospital. Luna is pleased with this turn of events because she knows some of the supernatural doctors who treat Suki and sneak them out of the hospital and into a car driven by werewolves. (laughs) The wolves take Suki back to the vampire hotel and who should be waiting outside for her but Eric. Oh. He helps her up to her room and calls Bill who had gone to the fellowship to rescue her. He, Stan, Isabel, and others found Farrell and Hugo and got them out. Hugo is in trouble, of course, but all in all, everything turned out okay. Bill bathes Suki and, surprise, waits to brush her hair, and she falls asleep in his arms. Suki wakes before dawn the next morning and takes a cab back to the fellowship where she finds Godric waiting to greet the sun. Suki stays with him until the sun rises and he bursts into flames and quietly and sadly returns to the hotel and her bed. When Bill wakes her later, it's because they have to go talk to Stan about everything that has happened over the past two days. Suki does not want to, but of course she has to. There's a party to celebrate Farrell's return, so it's not all bad. Suki tells Stan everything and then asks about what will become of Hugo. Part of her agreement in working with the vampires is that no humans will be killed, so she is curious about his punishment. Hugo and Isabel have been chained together and are being kept in isolation. Because Isabel brought in a traitorous human, she is chained with silver and won't get to eat. Hugo will get to eat, but he's thralled to Isabel and won't get to have sex with her, so that is his punishment. At the end of their isolation, he will be released first, and Isabel will follow after, probably to eat him. We can hope. (laughs) You, Isabel, do not get to eat for months and months and months. Hugo, you don't get to have sex with anyone for months and months and months. Like, yeah. Is that e- is that equal? And and Isabel is naked just to add that extra stimulation for Hugo. You know, he can wank his own doodle off if he needs to. He can, and unfortunately, I wouldn't put it past him because of the especially because of the thrall that if he's released before Isabel, and Isabel's tied down with silver. Oh, mm-mm, don't finish that. Mm-mm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. Anywho, back to the party. Mm. Eric comes over and talks to Suki, but then she realises she can hear the angry thoughts of the Fellowship as they surround the house with guns. Yikes. She shouts for everyone to get down and all the vampires drop, but the humans aren't fast enough and they get shot from all angles around the house. Eric shields Suki, but gets shot in the shoulder. 
he asks her to suck the bullet out of his shoulder because that's apparently the only way to get the bullet out. Wink. And she does. <laughs> While this is happening, Bill and many of the other vampires chase the members of the Fellowship and eat some of them, which upsets Suki so much that she immediately leaves and goes to the airport and back to Wanton. Suki, the wound is closing. You have to do something. You have to suck it out, Suki. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> you can just see him there. He's definitely like. Yes, Suki, smug. you need to suck this out. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Oh, no. Oh, my skin's going around the bullet. Oh, no. Quick. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and then, hang on, she's actually doing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let it happen. Don't anybody say anything right now. Just let it happen. Suki is so upset about Bill being a vampire. About she Bill. Just, just Bill. Just Bill. <laughs> I just don't understand why she gets so mad at him all the time. All the time. She's just a rage table when it comes she to Bill. Is. Okay, so she's really mad at him, and she doesn't talk to him for weeks. So he starts dating Portia Belfleur, which is strange, <sighs> because he hates the Belfleur family for some unknown reason, and Portia always acts terrified of Bill. This may be odd, but not as odd as everyone else in Bon Tom, who suddenly seems to be really into orgies. <laughs> One night, Suki sees Bill at a high school football game with Portia. Suki is there with her old high school friend Tara and her fiancé, Benedict, aka Eggs. Bill and Suki are both jealous of each other, and then they secretly get back together after that with pretty violent sex. Oh, I hated that scene so Me much. too. Yikes. <sighs> so bad. Yeah. After this, Suki decides to try to solve Lafayette's murder. Thank you, someone, for remembering that Lafayette, murderer, still hasn't been caught. You know, it's only been a few days. Mm. It hasn't been that long. Okay. But still. Still, it's been long enough. It has. She determined that Portia was only dating Bill in order to entice the orgy people into inviting her to an orgy so she could investigate and clear Andy of suspicion. At the orgy. At the orgy. <laughs> Just keep saying it. And so Suki tries the same tactic to get into the orgy for orgy purposes. Sorry, investigation purposes. She calls Bill to see what he thinks, but he has had to go back to Dallas. He informs her that Eric will be in town while he is away and that the Maynard did not appreciate whatever tribute they offered her. After being invited to the orgy by Mike Spencer, the funeral director, red flags all over the people red mm. flags mm. suki asks eric to go with her and she asks him to pretend to be gay because that will be more fitting for the orgy <laughs> how does she know she's never because, been to an orgy because she's just realized they even have these things because because lafayette went and lafayette was gay and so you have to invite all the gay people to the orgy that's a that's a bit of a skewed logic on her part and a lot of assumptions are being made she's the one who got invited 
yeah. by a man. Yeah. I think it's just so Eric could wear... It's, it's, it's for the beautiful scenes that are about to happen. Yes. yes. Please continue. Eric picks Sookie up, wearing spandex pants and a pink net shirt. <laughs> and he calls Sookie girlfriend a lot. And it's hilarious. Hey, girlfriend. Sookie puts on her Daisy Dukes from junior high, and they head to the party. Eric kisses her before they go in, but she assumes she'd have to at least kiss people at this orgy, so she doesn't mind it. Also, hello, it's Eric. Everyone wants to kiss Eric all the time. Spandex pants or not. The orgy is, quite frankly, disgusting. Mm. Tara's there with eggs, but Sookie can tell she doesn't really want to be there. And eggs wants to be there, and eggs wants to make out with Eric. Suki tries to listen in on everyone's thoughts while surrounded by flopping penises and glistening bosoms. <laughs> she learns that Eggs was involved with Lafayette before his death, and Mike, the funeral director, and a man named Tom and his wife Cleo were responsible for his death. Suki gets overwhelmed and <laughs> grossed out by the orgy, so she asks Eric to take her outside. This is a huge mistake. While they're outside, pretending to make out on the hood of Eric's car, while people creepily watch from behind the curtains, Bill shows up. And so does Andy Belfler. And then Sam in dog form. And the Mianad, Callisto. God, everybody's there. Everybody's at the orgy. There must be a male place to be. Yeah. Andy is drunk and there to get Suki to find out who killed Lafayette, which, duh, she's already doing that. And he's not bright, is he? No, and he's really drunk. He's, wow. Three sheets to the wind. Yeah. Callisto loves the orgy and the rage that Andy is feeling and calls everyone out to the porch and riles them up. All the orgiists are full of fear and it's channeling straight into Sucky's mind. Callisto ends up filling everyone with a wild sort of berserker madness, and almost everyone at the orgy dies, apart from Andy and Eggs, who she froze over the sidelines, and Tara, who hid under a table. Content with this tribute, Callisto disappears into the forest. Oh, that first tribute. This is where we find out what the first tribute was. Yeah. It was Lafayette. That wasn't good enough. Lafayette is good enough for all of us. Yes. Portia comes to pick up Andy and take him home. Before they go, Eric and Bill try to clean Callisto's murder orgy by burning the place down. Andy is upset because there's no evidence that Mike and Tom and Cleo killed Lafayette, but oh, there is, and it's in the trunk of Mike's car. Bill and Eric stage the fire so the car will be undamaged, and then... They all leave. The next day, after much bathing and hair brushing, Suki wakes to find a cake on her doorstep and a message on her answering machine from Grandma Belfleur. At this point, as Suki, I would not trust anything left on my doorstep. I mean, I wouldn't normally, but, you know, more so now. But Mm, that's that's just, you know. When Suki says her name, Caroline Holiday Belfleur, Bill stops dead. Not like dead goes to sleep dead, just like statue dead. Yes. 
There's a difference. Yeah. He asks Suki to go to his house and get his family Bible. Together, they read through all the names in the family tree. Bill's wife's maiden name was Holiday. Through some marrying of his cousins, Bill's daughter's daughter, Caroline Holiday, became Caroline Holiday Bellefleur. And Andy and Portia are his great, great, great grandchildren. Weird. <laughs> I really hope he hasn't been doing stuff with Portia. Well, he dated her. He dated his granddaughter. <laughs> he did. After this endearing look through the family Bible, we finally learn why Bill hated the Bellfleurs until this very moment. When Bill was in the Civil War, a young soldier, Debdiah Bellfleur, was responsible for his friend's death. Bill can really hold a crutch. <laughs> wow. Yikes. And then he gets out Saving his hairbrush. Bill. Oh, yuck. He gets out the hairbrush. Can we stop that? The end. No, because it happens. It's gross. It happens every single time. Every single time I mention it in the summary, it actually happens in the book. I'm not making it up. You can't make it up. It's in the summary. We're not allowed to make things up in the summary. Because it's, it's going to happen in the book. True. It's sick and it's wrong and Bill needs to stop it. Can we have some messages from other podcasts while I go out and vomit, please? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guests and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast and now back to the show oh the hair brushing it needs to stop it's a lot it needs to stop we're only on book two i feel like we need to have done a tally of how many times hair is brushed by someone else it's okay if you brush your own hair oh yeah how many times does bill brush suki's hair We've missed out on a on an opportunity here. Well, we're only on book two, and you've mentioned every single instant in this particular summary. That's true. So it's not going to be too difficult to go back and check the first one. Yeah, that's true. So, um, yeah, but that might be something to do one weekend. Yeah, you know, Suki doesn't stay with Bill, though. Does someone else no. get to brush her hair? We'll see. Watch this space. <laughs> Watch this space for more hairbrushing facts. Brought to you by Fictional Hangover Book Club. <laughs> Fictional Hangover Vampire Book Club. Meeting last Tuesday of every month. <laughs> Anywho, can we talk about the perfection that is Eric? Everything. Everything Eric in this book is... There are no words. There are no words for Eric in this book. I actually laughed out loud when he showed up in spandex and a mesh tank top and called Suki girlfriend. I can't give words. I can only give the chef's kiss yes. gesture. 
That's my favorite. I don't care about anything else in this book. Only Eric and his spandex and his mesh tank top. <laughs> I even enjoyed it when he was like being all California in Dallas undercover. And he was like, leaf. sucky, suck the bullet out. Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eric. Eric, Eric. Do you know what I think? I think this was the book where, you know, you don't, you don't, don't really get a sense of Eric apart from he's like a little standoffish. He's this almighty powerful vampire boss who sits yeah. in judgment at Fantasia. But this one, I, I remember reading it and just going, this is not what I was expecting Eric Northman to be. No. And this is delightful and delicious. He's wonderful. He has a sense of humour and it's it's wonderful. <laughs> I mean, we and, knew he was going to be a little weird at the end of the first book where he's floating outside of her hospital room while Sam, as a dog, also walks through the hospital. Like, that was a pretty good setup for the end of the book. It was a nice little hint, yes. But it wasn't he, spandex and mesh No, he was hint. not wearing spandex at the hospital. No, more's the pity. That would have gotten the heart bleeping machine going. It would have. It really would have. But that's the thing, though. I mean, if you go Eric or Bill, you know this is this is the the the, the vampire versus vampire. It's the it's the are you team Edward or team Jacob? You know, are you uh, Ad- Adrian or Dimitri? It's are Adrian. you Bill? Are you Bill or are you Eric? Eric. And if hands you're Bill, down, I need you to explain exactly why because he's so freaking boring, and he like borderline violates Sookie every single time they get together. Yeah, she says no on a few occasions, but he takes that no as a, you need to do a little bit more to work it in, like, to, to get get her in the mood. Like, when she's got, she, she comes out of the hospital, she's beaten up, she's sore, she's refusing to take the vampire blood to help heal her, which is fair enough, it's, it's your decision. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's okay. If I move you this way and put you like this and I go like that, then it can happen. And it's like, can you just give it a rest? Yeah, can you just leave her alone for five fucking minutes, please? Yeah, let her heal. I hate that. I hate that. And that scene after the football match where she's starting to go into a house and he basically rushes behind her and they have very, very angry very violent sex and at first she's like oh no and then I mean it takes literally a split second for her to go oh no oh yes right so it is consensual but it's as a reader awful (laughs) and you know I do not mind sexy scenes in books right yeah I am an advocate of a sexy scene in a book I have books you can't see them They're they're all hidden behind other stuff but I, I'm happy for, for that, and I've read some dodgy shit, dodgy. Yeah. But I just I hated it. I did not like it. It just really seems like she's not into it very often. No, and the very telling scene is when she's talking to Sam, arranging the time off, and Sam kisses her, and she says that she's 
she loves Bill, but she's not in love with Bill. Yeah. And you don't have to have an emotional attachment to have sex. No, you, know, you don't. It it's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. fine. We're not saying um, anything like that, but... No. We're purely talking about Sucky and Bill, their relationship and their dynamic. So why is she with him? Is it just for the sex? I really think it's just because she can't read his mind. But you get that from Eric. She could get that from Sam even. I mean, she can mildly yeah. read Sam's mind, but it's fuzzy and, and distorted. So she, it would probably be, you know, in the throes of passion, fine. Yeah. So she can go to alternate places. I don't know. You know, it's like your first love. You never really get over your first love. And you keep, you'll keep going back to them over and over and over again until you finally realize, holy shit, there's lots better things out there. There's lots lots better people so maybe i mean this is like her first real relationship she's 25 yeah she doesn't know any better that's true it is very true and i agree i I think that's got a lot to do with it i just i'm really struggling with sucky and bill's relationship as a whole i mean if we take it back to the very beginning and she shouts and screams at him when he buys the strip mall that has like it's like a hair salon and a beautician mm-hmm. and uh, a boutique and a restaurant and like, a really expensive a restaurant, restaurant. Uh huh. and he says to her just go and put it on my account don't worry about the money you know it's there for you to use and she just blows her top and then she's like oh it was the maynard it was the maynard doing it and everybody's like <laughs> and then Bill was doing? like uh I don't think so that, that, <laughs> and it's that awkward moment with um, Eric and Pam and other Fantasia people in the office and they're like that, that's not how me and lads work mm. and she's like oh are you sure that she didn't make me really angry and completely unreasonable but this is the thing as well this is not the first time I've listened to the audiobooks um, I have listened to them before. I mean, it was a long time ago I've listened to them. Mm-hmm. But I've also read the books. I've physically right. read the physical books. And when I read the physical book, I did not voice Suki so angrily. I didn't make her shout all the time yeah. and sound quite brattish. Whereas I think yeah. the narrator has done that. And I don't. That's not my interpretation. Sure. And I'm I'm struggling with the audiobook narration of this one because it's it, it makes Suki seem more unreasonable than perhaps she is. Like that argument with Bill at the beginning could have sounded much better as the book, and it probably did sound much better as the book than what it did as the audio, if that makes sense. Yeah, Suki's a little irrational in the voice of the narrator. Yes. She's not quite so irrational. Yeah. When you I read think, it. I, th- I think because of that aggressive way she's doing Suki, it's making me not like Bill more. Yeah. And making me think Bill's worse than he actually is. I mean, I know what happens with the characters, obviously. We know this. We have read the series before a long time ago, so there's still a heck of a lot of new stuff. I'd forgotten about the Fellowship coming in so early. Um, I forgot that the um, 
the bellboy Barry, the bellboy, came in so early. Mm. Totally forgot about those. I knew that happened, but I didn't realise it was so early in book two. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the audio book narration is possibly impacting my perception of Suki being a whiny brat and Bill being boring as sin. Yeah, but I, I still so. think they are there. I think there's still a very big percentage, but I think the narration's not helping. Yeah. The narration is making it a little bit more stressful. Yes. That's a very good way of putting it. I liked seeing the new dy- dynamic of the vampires in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Seeing that larger nest with an integrated, you know, human food source. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed seeing that. Um, because Barnes Home is so enclosed. Yeah, and Dallas is huge. So yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of vampires. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. I do enjoy the introduction of the Fellowship of the Sun. It's an interesting... I I always loved Sarah in the TV show. Yeah. She was freaking bold as all hell. Yeah. And Steve was just like, whiny little shit. But man, so much stuff happens with Steve later on in the series that does not happen in the books as far as I can remember. But as I said at the beginning... I think it has diverged, yes. Yeah, after... Really after book two. There's some... There's a couple of things that are still there in the next couple, but... Yeah. Whoa. It's... Things happen, but they're not... It doesn't spoil the books. Right. If you were to watch the True Blood show. I've been reluctant to rewatch True Blood because I didn't want to remember something from the show and make that supersede over some remembering something from the book. Yes. Yeah, I I was struggling with that as well because I have watched it semi recently. Last mm-hmm. year, the beginning of last year, or maybe the end of the year before. I remember you saying that you had been watching it and I was yeah. like, Oh It was before we had decided that we were gonna talk about Oh, way before. But probably before yeah so, so I, I am tempted to rewatch them there were some things that happened in season two of true blood that i really thought happened in the book and i was very surprised this is this is like my surprise for this one is that sam is so just chill about the main ad he's like banging her in the woods and then they come out to the orgy, and you know, like he's just there in his little doggy form, with his little tail wagon, and then she just walks off into the woods at the end, after the murder orgy, and then they're just like, okay, well, bye. But in the TV show, they'll have had an arrangement. It's fine. The end. For adults. The end of season two of True Blood. It was a really spectacular ending. And it's been out for long enough now that I just am going to tell everyone about it. But they have to do the tribute for the main ad. And it's Sam, which you don't realize at first. Because you, you what we know of Sam is that he can turn into an animal that he's seen before. And he typically sticks with small animals. And he really loves being a collie. But this big giant huge white bulls like they lead him in and 
the main ad is so excited, like, oh, this is a great, this is a great tribute, and they're going to sacrifice this white bull. But it's Sam, and he, like, horns her in the chest, and she dies, and then it, like, the camera flips around, and it's Sam standing there naked, like, with his fist through this woman's chest. And you're like, yes, Sam! But in the book, he's just, he's just banging the main ad in the woods and going <laughs> to the murder orgy. And walking around with his dick out afterward. <laughs> I like both of them, to be fair. I think both both work for me. Especially him walking around with his dick out at the end. Do you know, I've never been that big of a Sam fan. Like, I've appreciated him, but he seems to be one of these where he's better a friend than he is in a relationship mm. with her. I like, I think I, as much as I really like that whole scene and that all of that stuff with Sam in True Blood. I really like Book Sam. I I had forgotten how much I like him because because you're right, he is a very good friend. And I like that. I like a good friendship. Yeah. Because just because it's a boy and a girl doesn't mean they have to kiss. They can just be friends. And, and, and they Sam do kiss sometimes. Kisses. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't have to happen. Boys and girls can be friends. Yeah, they can. Just friends. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't mind TV show Sam, but I did like book Sam, and I always felt like Suki treated him a little bit harshly as well. Yeah. Like, but they never... They kept setting boundaries and then blurring the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're going to say no, we need to stick in the friend zone whilst we're having relationships with other people and we are going to be monogamous in those relationships, then you need to stick to those boundaries. Yeah. But it's really hard to stick to monogamous boundaries when you're going to murder orgies. Well, yes. Okay. That's fair. You expect there's going to be something having to go on in a murder orgy. Yeah. So he's like, well, I'm probably going to have to kiss some people. And she's prepared. She's mentally prepared for it. And then Eric makes out with her on the hood of his car in his Please spandex. Please not the funeral director. Please not the funeral director. Yeah. <laughs> that orgy scene grossed me out. Yeah. So much glistening you got that skunk smell didn't you? you did you really really did and everyone is glistening in places where you shouldn't be glistening and everyone is squeezing everyone else's ass whilst yeah. making out with someone else you just reach over and like honk a boob while you're kissing someone else <laughs> and then you reach down and then you tickle someone else's testicles while you're kissing someone else. And then this hand is over here squeezing an ass. And don't forget your ass has also been squeezed. By someone else. By someone else. Who's and kissing then someone else. Who's kissing someone else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's too much. We need to say it. We're not king shaming. If you enjoy no. an orgy, that's fine. It's Can you fine. not enjoy murder orgies? Just don't, the orgy part. Don't yeah, murder just, people just in orgies. Just a regular orgy, not a murder yeah. orgy. If we- that's your thing, fine. But this was just gross. It was gross. Uh, And I mean, it was written disgustingly on purpose. 
because yes. Suki was so uncomfortable being there. So, of course, yes. she's going to think about it negatively. And also, she's trying to find a murderer. So, it's not a good place to be. Are, these are friends. These this are people is, that, know, like, people she went to school yeah, with. Yeah, she's this grown up the with these people. the funeral director. Yeah. And, yeah, it's awkward. So, I mean, there's that awkwardness as well. And also knowing that at least one of them is a murderer. Yeah, and then she finds out that it's kind of three of them. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of got a bit Murder at the Orient Express. It did. Murder at the Orgy Express? Murder on the Orgy Express, yeah. But do you know what I liked? That Tickling Eric... testicles. No. Well, the <sighs> fact that Eric <laughs> volunteered, like, he's like... He, he, he took the mick a little bit about... Oh, so you want me to get dressed up in spandex and a vest at you? Do you want me... Oh, yes, okay. Mm-hmm. This is for pretend, isn't it? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But he did it with no argument, and I can't see Bill no. doing that. No. Bill was like, yeah, take Sam or Jason. Take your brother to an orgy, Sookie. Everyone already thinks you're weird anyway, so why don't you take your brother to the orgy? I really enjoyed the fact that she had this conversation with Jason about the orgy and Jason's like, there's an orgy and I haven't been invited. (laughs) You would think out of everybody in Bon Tomp, it would be me on the list. But because he's seeing someone semi-seriously and she's scary, you don't invite Mm -mm. and he wouldn't be able to accept it anyway. And I just Mm -mm. thought that was a delightful exchange between them. I haven't been invited to an orgy. There's There's an orgy. There's orgies and I'm not there. I should be on the list. I should be top of the list. <laughs> yes, Jason, you really should be. But it's nice, though, that, that he's not invited and he's not a part of it. Gosh, Because, yes. like, it's t- he's he's being toned down a little bit. He was intense in the first one. He, he was. Really was. And it's nice that he's taken a little bit of a backseat on this one because he does come front and centre later on. He does. Um, so it's nice that he takes a little bit of a backseat. And it's nice that he, like, you know, he comes to Suki's aid when she calls and says, I need you to pick me up from the airport. Yeah, he's like, okay. And doesn't question it. He's like, yeah, okay, I'm there, I'm there. Yeah. So he performed his brotherly duty, and that is good, and I like yes. that. And so your, well brotherly, your brotherly duties include picking your sister up at the airport, no questions asked, not taking your sister to an orgy. Yes, and, and not attending murder orgies yourself. Right. It's not really a sibling thing. It's just common sense. Right. PSA, don't attend a murder orgy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know I've bashed Bill a lot this episode, mm-hmm. so I'm going to continue. Okay, yes, um, please do. <laughs> do you know the scene in Stan's mansion at the end when the fellowship got everybody down? Mm-hmm. What does that say about Eric and Bill that Eric throws himself over Suki to shield her and Bill goes and chases after the Fellowship for some revenge snacking? Yeah. you. Bill doesn't have much longer, though. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure their breakup is imminent. Well, they've broken up about six times already. They have. And I'm ready for it to be the final time. And I'm ready for someone else. Namely, 
a six foot seven striking blonde vampire. But I think. Sorry, went to a happy place. Yeah, I know, right? But I think seeing that. And the fact that she got so upset with Bill that she didn't talk to him for three weeks, which is also not shocking for Suki because she often gets mad at Bill for whatever reason. This time when she gets mad at him, you know, she stays mad at him for a long time. And they have this understanding, like, I know that you drink people, but I don't want to be involved in it. I don't want to be around. I don't want to see it happen. It happens in the hotel, too. He has to order room service. And so she goes into the other room and she's pissy about it. But she knows that it happens. And I just can't stand that she gets so upset with him in this instance. Because those people tried to kill everyone there. Yeah. And, you know, you're going you're, you're gonna to go and try to kill them back. That's what you do. But I like that we see Eric in this situation guarding and protecting Suki. Because it's like, you know, there are other vampires out there. If you like vampires, if that's your thing, there are others out there. And they protect you from bullets and then force you to suck the bullet out. So you will accidentally drink their blood. And so they can lay on top of you. And I loved every single time that Eric was laying on top of Suki and she would like wiggle or squirm and he's like, oh yeah, I like that. And she's like, get off of me. <laughs> oh yeah. Eric injects humor, doesn't he? He does. He, he, he's not a character that you expect that from, which I think makes it even better. But yeah, I mean, well, you've covered your surprise and I'll cover mine as well. Yes, okay. Is the fact that Suki forgives Bill so easily for abandoning her during the shootout. Yes, she doesn't talk to him for about three weeks, but that is not an uncommon trait for her to, to be, you know, to hold that grudge for, for for a while. Yeah. Um but it's a it just one angry, violent sex later and she's like, Oh, we're back together, yay And I, yeah. I'm like, Well, you know what? Bill says the bloodlust came over him and he went to seek vengeance. I get that. Mm -hmm. But also, Eric didn't. Eric stopped and protected her. Also, Eric's a lot older than Bill, though. Yeah, that is one of the other points I was thinking is, is it simply that Eric's got greater control because he is hundreds of years old? He's very old. He is very old. He carries it well. He does. And he's not a snooze fest. No. He's got a sense of humor. Yeah. And he's He's not... Sense of humor, girlfriend. Girlfriend. And he's not constantly carrying around a hairbrush. (laughs) That's definitely a plus in his favor. Mm. Um... I like the the dwarf healer as well, and she comes back in later books as well, and she's even better then. I'm just yeah. throwing that out there. Yes. While I remembered. Yes. She's, Can we safely say the giant Viking is our favorite? Of course. There is no question in this one. It is Eric, always. What? Eric is my favorite for a long time. 
Mm-hmm. At least till book five. Um, what did you think about Godric and Godric meeting the sun? I mean, I get it. I understand why he would do it. I don't like that he was going to take Feral with him. Like, even though that was not his plan that was the plan of the fellowship of the sun and like they were going to tie Sookie up so maybe another vampire would come and trade their life for Sookie so you know so they'd have more vampires that they're setting on fire but I'm okay with it he's he was he's, a bad been bad there. man and a he's bad done bad that. vampire he's been very very bad for a thousand years bad yeah. So I get it. I don't I begrudge him his choice. No, not at all. And I can understand why Suki went at the end to to witness. Yeah. Because one of his last deeds was actually to save her. Yeah. Which in no way crosses any of the debts off for what he's done. <laughs> it no. can't. No, I mean, it he can't. literally kills a man... While he's rescuing her. Yeah. You know, and just picks him up and squeezes his neck while they're just standing there having a conversation. And so he keeps looking up at Gabe. She keeps looking over at him. And she goes, I think he's dead. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> he's dead. He is. Yeah. And it was nice to see some new shifters. Interesting to find out there's werewolves yes and i like that there was a name slip because you know when they were when the werewolves were driving Suki back to the hotel they were they blindfolded her so they wouldn't so she wouldn't know who they were but luna lets a name slip and the name that slips is debbie who we meet later Mm. there's lots of good little things like that yeah, I think this is where the series really starts for me. The first one just establishes the base characters, mm-hmm. and this one really starts to get interesting. Yeah, stuff is going to happen. You know, stuff is going to happen. Now we just need to make sure Suki and Bill aren't in a relationship. Yes, and then it's not smooth sailing at all. It's bloody no, gory it's really, and violent it, and terrible yes, and horrible. Really but it's better. <laughs> yes. Um, one of, I really like that at the end of this one, Bill sends Sookie to his house to get his family Bible. And you think, oh, he's just so stunned. But he could be to his house and back in a matter of moments. But he sends Sookie to his house to get his family Bible. And you don't think anything of it. Shall we do Would You Rather? We should. But everyone should keep that in mind. There's a lot of things you need to put pins in. Yes, a lot. It's a really good setup. Really good setup for everything that is to come. It's actually a series where if you read it once for the first time, great. But then go back and read it. And so, see so clues. many things. Yeah. Yes. Anywho, it's time. Would you rather? <laughs> On social media, we asked you, would you rather? 
as a telepath, work in a hotel or in a bar. Facebook was a straight up 50-50. On Instagram, 89% said bar. On Twitter, it was 67% for bar. And on TikTok, 59% for bar. We have loads of comments. Nom, nom, we nom, nom, do. Comments. We do. Annie on Facebook said bar would be more interesting. Hotels, horse meetings and conventions. And those are never any fun until the booze starts flowing. Colin on Facebook says bar, 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 I'm not singing it. Sorry. Because I'm probably going to have to sing Constance's later. Constance As music- didn't put a reply. No reply from Constance at yes, all. Yes, she did. That was known. Yes, she no. did. No. Oh, I'm sorry. No. no. She did no. not respond. <laughs> no. Bad Constance. <laughs> okay. Back to Colin and his song, Bar, 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 Brian. Colin would like to work in a bar and be the world's best bartender. What do you want to drink? No, don't tell me. I already know. Come tell your friendly neighborhood bartender your woes. What's that? Oh, that's right. I already know them. And I have some sage advice already worked out for you. (laughs) Here to start a fight? I already know you're an asshole, and I'll bash you over the head with my large, gnarled bombly knocker. What is a bombly knocker? A bobby knocker. It's like a junction. Bobby knocker. Why did you make me read this one? It's exceptionally British. Exactly. Coral on Facebook said both. I'm sure, have some explicit thoughts, but when people start drinking and having a good time at a bar, who knows what can go through one's mind. Scary, but let's go to the bar and have a good margarita. Mm. She didn't put a comment on. There was no comment. It's right there. You said it Um, already. You can't lie about what happens in the summary. Do you want me to do it? I know this one for a change. Constance has reverted to her old ways, everyone. I'll do the stuff in brackets. I'll be a backing singer. <laughs> Great. Welcome to the Hotel California. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely face. Plenty of room at the Hotel California. Any time of year. Any time of year. You can find it here. Thanks, Constance, for making us do that. And everyone gets to watch it. It's available for everyone to see. Join our Patreon. Drew on Facebook said, (laughs) Hotel! Think of all the gossip you would hear and you can have a drink as well. Emoji. Bree on Facebook said, I'm picking Rage Table. I mean, bar. I will use my powers to help everyone get better tips. I feel like working conditions in a hotel would be slightly ritzier, depending on the hotel, but also the messes I would have to clean up would be more risque than any spilled drinks and food. Dakota on Facebook said, Bar, less people, so everything I heard, I could narrow down better. Plus, everything you heard, you could use later for leverage against people, because most of the people would be locals. Real Jackson Ford on Instagram said, Hotel, way more interesting. (laughs) Oh, I had some library comments as well. Should I share them? Yes. Someone said, Bar, I already have experience. Plus, hotels are gross. Bar, so that I can block slash numb my ability with alcohol when it gets to be too much. 
Ooh, I might avoid that one. And probably a bar? I feel like I would hear way more sexual stuff coming from hotel rooms, and I ain't about that life. <laughs> you just listen to this series and you get all the sex stuff. Yeah, it's all you need. So what are you doing? Hotel. Same. Hotel. Um, because when you have a defined role at a hotel, you're not cleaning staff. You know, you don't have to be, you could be the bellhop. You could be front service. You don't have to be housekeeping. Yeah. Um, and I just think stuff happens in hotels and it's useful information. If I was working at a bar, I don't know how useful that information would be. I also feel like there are more patrons at a bar. So you would constantly be bombarded with all these different thoughts all the time. But a hotel, I mean, people come into the desk and if that's where you're positioned, you see them there and then they go up to their room and then you don't see them again. Yes. But the bar, I mean, you're right there. You're surrounded by everyone. It would just be constant. I mean, to be fair, you could work in the hotel bar as well, you know, or yeah, just true. You know, general staff. Um, and depending on what the conventions are, it could be very interesting. I watched a very interesting documentary once on furries and their convention that was happening in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I can I can see that as being quite cool, you know, to, you know, earwig on that, so to speak. Yeah. And but it, also it would be different if, people every time, too, I feel like. Exactly. And if it's a ritzier hotel, you know, a higher standard of clientele will come to it. You know, CEOs, politicians, people who are extremely wealthy. Mm-hmm. You could use your powers for nefarious purposes. You could. So at the same time, I think there's also a potential, like you said, that you can have those quiet moments. Yeah. And I'm not cleaning up the hotel rooms because, yeah, that is gross. No, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. All, all powered no. housekeeping staff in hotel rooms. I could yeah. not do your job. Yeah, do not envy you. No. I wonder, though, like, imagine all the things that you would find. How many times have you left something behind in a hotel room? There's probably some good treasures that get left behind. Yeah. Probably also some very disgusting treasures that get left behind. Probably. No. Okay. Next question. Would you rather be attacked by the Maenad or drained by vampires and licked by a dwarf? Drained by vampires and licked by a dwarf. Because that Maenad attack was horrific. Suki was in so much pain and that was just the poison. Never mind having her spine and ribcage and organs exposed. And it was going to be a face. If she hadn't turned, she it would have been... She would have f- died. She would have died. So, yeah, no, that Maynard, my business. And, okay, I'm being drained by vampires and licked by a dwarf. But I'm probably mostly licked, unconscious. But being licked by a dwarf hurt really bad. It did, but that's because she was healing. You know? And I can appreciate the fact that she's doing it to heal me. Yeah. And I'm probably in so much pain and verging on unconsciousness anyways, I don't care. Do you know what I liked about this scene? It's another something that Eric did. I was going to say it's Eric related, isn't it? It's Eric related. I like that he told her 
you know, if you were a normal person, I could make you forget all about this. And then he tells her to be brave. And what does Belle do? Just fucking stand there. He just stands over in the corner raging because everyone gets to drink from Suki. Yes. Not the fact that everybody is rallying around and helping Suki and not asked for payment, as is, you know, the vampiric way. No, everybody else is going to start licking the blood of my girlfriend. Yeah. (sighs) Suki is mad. No. No, Bill. No. 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 Stop that. What are you doing? I'm just curious about... What would happen if they didn't suck all of her blood out? Because the doctor says, you know, you got to hurry because she's changing colors. Was she turning into something? Yes, a hog, the razorback. Or a Komodo dragon? Yes. Because that was like... That would be so cool. They've got septic bites. The theorize that Tyrannosaurus Rex has had septic bites too. Really? Well, maybe she would have turned into a T-Rex. A little, a little T-Rex with a blonde ponytail. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And a hairbrush. <laughs> um. Am I going to have to do the episode picture this week with the hairbrush? You probably should. I think you probably I should. will need to do that. I think I'm going to have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pick being drained by the vampires too. I mean, I feel like that is slightly less painful. And now you have all these vampires who can keep track of you. Cuz that's a thing that happens. GPS is very reliable yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's more reliable, vampire GPS or Google Maps? Mm, hard to say. <laughs> Next question. Would you rather be held captive in the Fellowship of the Sun or go to the Maynard murder orgy? I will be held captive in the Fellowship of the Sun all day long. (laughs) I I am not going to the murder orgy. I do not want to go to that orgy. It was so oily. Glistening. I can just smell it. I don't want to be there. I really no. thought that you were going to pick going to the orgy because why would you want to be held prisoner? But give no, I don't like that orgy. No, no, it's a bad orgy. <laughs> bad orgy, bad. You bad. Put that down. Hey, put that to one side, one at a time. Don't be greedy. No. time for secret questions oh i'm okay okay i love them but i worry about them (laughs) i know i worry about them too do you want to reveal them yes would you rather be the mesh of eric's tank top or the swirl on his spandex (laughs) oh my god this is so close to mine (laughs) Um, (laughs) i almost 
it's not exact. It's different enough. It's fine. It's I fine. almost, like, I was trying to come up with something really good that would match. But I wanted to ask if you would rather be a chest hair coming out of the mesh of Eric's tank top. But I couldn't come up with anything good to match that. Okay, no. Yours is, yours is actually probably a little worse. Be the mesh of Eric's tank top. Or the swirl on his spandex. <laughs> I mean, it sounds delightful being a swirl, doesn't it? It does. But swirl think, on his spandex. I think I'm going to be the mesh of Eric's tank top, and then I can really cling on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but no. you know, spandex. That is tight. You're it tight is. on his buns. You, you, you know Eric's is extra tight. Yeah. It'll almost squeak. Yeah. Works. Yeah. And you know, we get a we get a nice shot of his um assets. Assets. I was going to say his erect manlyhood. His penis, his giant his engorged penis. penis. His <laughs> engorged penis, yes. In the spandex. So, I mean, I think I think really just for the for the buns. I'm going to be the spandex. I'm going to be the swirl on his spandex. I'll be the mesh of his tank top. My super secret question. Would you rather borrow Pam's panties or Eric's shirt? <laughs> I love that we went with the claws on both of them. <laughs> I have to tell you my other one that I thought of, too, after yes. we get finished with this one. So yes. um, I have issues already with used underwear. So I'm going to go with Eric's shirt. I change underwear multiple times a day just because, like, if I take it off, I ain't putting it back on. I don't know. So I don't want to use someone else's panties. I mean, it's not like yeah. Pam took them off of her body and put them on mm. Jasuki's body. I'm sure they were clean, but still, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the, I'm gonna be the shirt. I mean, I'm gonna I, borrow I... the shirt. I'm not gonna be the shirt. That was my question. <laughs> I'm gonna borrow the shirt. You know, and you, it's probably big enough that like you could tie it in a fancy way and like really glam it up. So I'm well, gonna borrow the shirt. She does use it as a dress. Yeah. And he is a big man. Yeah. So I'm gonna in wear a shirt. You know this is his spandex. You I know do. He's a big I man do know. I am well aware. Yeah. What are you? What are you borrowing? <laughs> I can only imagine Pam's panties being like the thinnest, stringest of thongs, <laughs> and being really tight. Like that's how you get yeast infections. <laughs> Especially if they belong to someone else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean to be fair, Suki is petite. You know, she's she's skinny. Pam mm-hmm. is skinny. They're probably of a very similar size, so I think in that regard it's fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's something a little bit peculiar about borrowing somebody's gonna really, really. If you're gonna get a back, you're gonna get a, a back wedgie and a front wedgie from mm-hmm. Sam's pa- from pa- Pam's panties. <laughs> from Sam's panties. Sam's pa- Oh, you know he wears panties. He does. <laughs> Pam's panties are gonna get. You're gonna full cheese wire all the way up there. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be a yeast infection eventually. If you wear <laughs> yeah. them for too long, 
it's gonna get you're gonna do that really weird waddle unpick as you're like oh mm-hmm. get out get out get out yes but eric's shirt he's gonna come pick it up eventually right right he's gonna he's not gonna he's give gonna you his shirt. shirt back yeah and you'll have to you know get it off you yeah there's no reason not to be Eric's. I said it again. There's no reason not to borrow Eric's shirt whilst yes. being his spandex. <laughs> yes. Yes. What was your alternate, would you rather? Something something along the lines, with probably way more adjectives, because we all know how I feel about adjectives, Something about staring at glistening bosoms or Sam's floppy penis as he runs around outside the murder <laughs> oh, orgy. Oh, gross. You hear the slapping sound. <laughs> I can only imagine if it was the glistening bosoms. I'm, I'm, I'm considering it now. I'll be like, not... Not not harshly judging and harshly criticizing, but certainly evaluating mm-hmm. and then comparing to myself. Yeah, and I'd probably be like, oh, "Her boobs are so perky and bouncy, and she doesn't need a bra, and mine are just, you know, gravity-ridden lumps." Mm-hmm. And then the jealousy will kick in. Yeah. So you'd rather stare at Sam's floppy penis? <laughs> I'm not answering it either way. Oh, okay. I'm just considering. Okay. Are you staring at Sam's penis? Is that what I will. Do you, and do you know the only reason why? Because it's outside. And staring at the glistening bosoms, it oh. takes place inside the... You raise an... Dinky murder orgy. Now, is this Sam in human form or in Dean form? Because Yes, we're not looking at a dog lipstick. We are looking at Sam's floppy penis. Thank you. I did tell you about that time I went to a Viking um, recreation village. That was absolutely rubbish. But the horses were all extremely well endowed and it got really creepy. No, you did not. Oh, did I not? I I could have sworn I said I told you, or 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 I might have texted you and said the 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 awkward bit was when my son turned and went, "Mum, what's that on the end of the horse?" And then I looked over and it was the horse's penis getting bigger. And my God, those things are huge. They are. It was so freaking intimidating. Yeah, and then when the the blacksmith showed me the size of their sh- the, the 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 horseshoe, and it was huge, went yeah, this is too small for them. And I was like, ah. yeah. I feel like I've been haunted by horse penises though, because even at work, every time I was doing my project work, looking for diag- specific diagrams, horses kept coming Why up. Why are you looking at horse penis diagrams at work? I was. Are you going to get you- fired? No, I was doing unitary tract infections and I wanted a diagram of a uni- the, the tract and it came up with a horse penis. <laughs> My Google Why search is you- messed up. I just don't understand how you can search for a urinary tract 
of a human and get a horse penis. I didn't specify species, which is my problem. There was literally all human and then one freaking huge horse penis in the middle. And thankfully, it was like a drawn diagram. It was very anatomical, but it wasn't detailed. It was just like a few lines. Why? Why? It even came up when I did respiratory. Why am I getting horse penises on respiratory? Just hiding horse penises in all of your searches. I'm just going to... Pretty much. No, I almost said I'm going to randomly start sending you horse penises, but no, because then I would have to retrieve the horse penises. It's a dark and scary place, and I've got pictures from that Viking village on my phone still, and I'm not afraid to use them. No, let's not. (laughs) Let's not do that. Let's not do that. And that entire conversation was just for Patreon. You know, everyone who joins our Patreon, though, gets (laughs) to have that. (sighs) Get to join us. My horse penis. And if you upgrade and get the bonus to you, you might get to see the picture if I remember to post it next week. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's move on. Favorite final thought quote? Uh, Oh, I got three. Okay, I only have two this time. I could have had Lords though because I was pretty much going to be copying and pasting every scene with Eric. Yeah, it's hard not to. (laughs) And quote number one. Suki, my little bullet sucker. Eric, my big bullshitter. Hmm. (laughs) So, you want me to go to a human orgy where I will not be welcome and you want us to leave before I get to enjoy myself? (laughs) Yes, Eric, sorry. Sorry, Eric. (laughs) And my last quote is, I don't lose my temper a lot, but when I do, I make a good job of it. That's a lie, Suki. You lose your temper all the time. It's not even every other line. It's more frequent than that. It is. I just remembered another thing that I like about Eric. That is... It could be a favorite final thought quote. But I like... He answered the phone when Suki called him, I am here. (laughs) I don't know how you answer a phone. I dare you to answer the phone tomorrow at work. You that. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I like. I do like the Fantasia voice message as well. When it's like press oh, one for this, yes. press two for that, and if you're calling for threats or, pa- or prank calls, please know we will find you. <laughs> we will find you. <laughs> I almost included that one as well. I have. <laughs> I only have two, and they're a little okay. bit longer than yours. So, one is. I read a lot. School was tough for me with my little problem, but reading by myself gave me a means of escape from my situation. I guess I'm self-educated. So I thought that one was very meaningful because Suki reads a lot. And I really appreciate that Suki reads a lot. Yes. And now my other one. Angelic Suki, vision of love and beauty, I am prostrate that the wicked evil maenad violated your smooth and voluptuous body in an attempt to deliver a message to me. (laughs) Oh, Eric. Sorry that the maenad picked on you. That's not good enough. (laughs) He just had this one ready to go. (laughs) So good. Eric is so good. Oh, DNA. <sighs> All right. If you like this, try this. What are you suggesting? The Strain by Gilmero del Toro and Chuck 
Corgan. I have read The Strain. Have you? I have not read it. I have have watched it. And that's one of the reasons why I am recommending it, because it's an adaptation. Nice. Nice. With vampires. Very different vampires. Yes, very different. (laughs) And the summary from Amazon.co.uk this time. A plane lands at JFK and mysteriously goes dark. Stopping in the middle of the runway for no apparent reason. All lights off, all doors sealed. The pilots cannot be raised. When the hatch above the wing finally clicks open, it soon becomes clear that everyone on board is dead, although there is no sign of any trauma or struggle. Ephraim Goodweather and his team from the Centre of Disease Control must work quickly to establish the cause of this strange occurrence before panic spreads. The first thing they discover is that four of the victims are actually still alive. But that's the only good news. And when all 200 corpses disappear from various morgues around the city on the same night, things very rapidly get worse. Soon F and a small band of helpers will find themselves battling to protect not only their own loved ones, but the whole city against an ancient threat to humanity. I really enjoyed the TV series because it was interesting it was a different take on things i haven't read the book is the book any good the books are good yeah cool the books are cool. good i didn't watch i think i just watched season one mm. i didn't watch anymore yeah. i don't remember why like there wasn't a reason I, why i think I, I know over here um it kept changing channels and time slots and got a little bit like difficult to keep track of and i think we lost some of one of the seasons and we had to catch up on it it took a, it took a little mm. while but we really enjoyed it yeah. um so yeah somewhat of a tenuous link it's vampires it's vampires and it's vampire tv show linked yes so that's fine my tenuous link is only that this takes place in texas <laughs> <laughs> But I went specifically searching for stuff that takes place in Texas because, you know. I was going to go down that route as well, but then I remembered this. All right. So the one that I found. Excellent. On penguinrandomhouse.com, they -hmm. have something called the United States of Books. And so you can see books set in each of the 50 states of the United States. So it's interesting. Um, This one is called Black Eyed Susans by Julia Haberlin. 20 years ago, a Texas serial killer was put behind bars when his only surviving victim, Tessa, testified against him. Now it appears she may have put away the wrong man when a patch of black-eyed Susans, the same kind of flowers as those covering the field where he disposed of his victims, shows up outside her window in the dead of winter. To find out who the real killer is, she must go deep into her memories before it's too late. I thought it sounded like a fun murder mystery. Mm, It does. Better than the one I'm reading right now. Do we have an indie spotlight? Yes. Yes, we do. Not a real tenuous link with this one. There's no link with this one at all. Um, I just thought it kind of sounded fun. This one is called Quetzali's Last Song by Desiree Calderon de Fawaz. When President O'Reins gets re-elected for a third term in 2025, the nation plunges into a second civil war. 
doomed for the Brazos camp, Brum Hesless, her two siblings, and mother flee their home in the Houston archipelago overnight, leaving her father behind. Assisted by the Unity Forces, a resistance group fighting the new Great Republic's regime, Brum reaches the safety of her mother's ancestral home in the Oaxacan town of El Nidal. There, in the relative safety of her mysterious great-aunt's house, she discovers a library brimming with strange manuscripts, artifacts, and the musical key to a world she thinks is safer than her own. Ooh. I lied. I did pick this one because it starts out in Houston. Another Texas <laughs> link. Also, I just really wanted to say Oaxacan. <laughs> achieved well done Done. thanks all right so that's it for this episode of fictional hangover i'm amanda and i'm claire join us next time as we discuss as good as dead by holly jackson look out for our would you rather polls on social media don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on facebook be sure to visit our shop on redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on patreon at patreon.com slash fictional hangover until next time remember the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book You can find us at fictionalhangover.com. Follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover. And on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no ER. If you'd like this episode, check out our others and rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.